Open your Bibles with me to Psalm 27. Psalm 27. I want the last two verses. I had fainted unless I had believed to see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. Amen. Wait on the Lord. Be of good courage, and He shall strengthen thine heart. Wait, I say, on the Lord. Amen. We might want to rephrase the I had fainted with the words I would have fainted for you to understand the sense of the words a little bit better. The intent and the sense of the words are I would have fainted unless I had believed to see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. We had Psalm 34 presented to us this morning well. And in that Psalm 34, we had David's prayer in the last verse for God to strengthen him before he went away and was no more here in this world. God did strengthen David. And we want to remember these two verses and you want to remember them. I would have fainted unless I had believed to see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. Wait on the Lord. Be of good courage. And he'll strengthen your heart. Wait, I say, on the Lord. Heavenly Father, in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, and by the power of the Holy Spirit, grant that Thou, the God of all hope, might encourage all of us in hope. That we would be like David, that we would believe to see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living, not just in heaven, but in the land of the living, by Your great mercy and strengthening of us even when we're under thy chastening hand or enduring circumstances and trials that are difficult. Help us to be like David and to realize the benefit that you provided him. Save us from fainting and strengthen us by your word as we now open it in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. I would have fainted. David was a man of faith. David was a prophet. And we can see some of the circumstances of David's life and the difficulties that he endured described for us in this history book we have before us of God's dealings with David. But he believed that he would see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living, so he wasn't looking back. He was looking forward, and I want to encourage all of you to look forward. Turn over to Ezra. Ezra chapter 3. This is a looking forward sermon. Because hope looks forward. Hopelessness looks back. And says, those were the good days. Hopelessness says, I can't have it again in the future. It's not going to be that good in the future. That's not our God. He's a God of hope. Now in Ezra chapter 3, we have Ezra's account of what took place in the little book of Haggai. The Jews have been regathered from Babylon. They've come back and they're laying the foundation of the house of the Lord. Now remember, they were in captivity 70 years. So there's some 80-year-old men there that when they were 10... They had seen Solomon's temple in its splendor, and it was one of the most beautiful buildings on earth. They had seen its glory, they had seen its marble, they had seen its gold, they had seen its silver. But there's young people there that were born in Babylon, they're just thankful to be back in Jerusalem, and that the foundation of the temple is being laid. Now with those two groups there, the old group looking back, the young group looking forward, there was a confusing cry that went up. It's Ezra chapter 3 and verse 12. They are laying the foundation of the house of the Lord. But many of the priests and Levites and chief of the fathers who were ancient men, that means 75 or plus, 
that had seen the first house, when the foundation of this house was laid before their eyes, wept with a loud voice. And many shouted aloud for joy. So that the people could not discern the noise of the shout of joy from the noise of the weeping of the people. For the people shouted with a loud shout and the noise was heard afar off. We've got some strings on some stakes in the ground and they're laying the foundation for Zerubbabel's temple that would be the second and latter temple for Israel. The first one having been leveled to the ground by Nebuchadnezzar of the Babylonians in judgment and chastening for Israel's sins. The old men that had lived in Jerusalem, then went and lived in Babylon, then had come back, they're weeping because it's pitiful in comparison. The young people are just thankful to be in Jerusalem on Zion's hill and building the temple. Now look at the little book of Haggai, which is toward the end of your Old Testament. Zephaniah, Haggai, Zechariah. It's stuck between Zephaniah and Zechariah. And here we have a further description of this. There's glory days ahead, brethren. There's glory days ahead. If you'll live justly. Remember Proverbs 4.18 that I opened with a few minutes ago? The path of the just is as the shining light that shineth more and more under the perfect day. There are sets of circumstances that come our way are very difficult for us to handle, but if we will respond to them the Bible way, the glory days are coming. If we don't respond to them the right way, the glory days are in our past because the rest of our lives are going to be really messed up. Haggai chapter 2. There's many verses here, but i got to start at verse 3 because of the Holy Spirit's choice of words and the title of this sermon. Here's the Lord speaking to Zerubbabel. Who is left among you that saw this house in her first glory? This is the same situation. Who is left among you, you ancient men, that saw this house in her first glory? And how do you see it now? The Lord goes ahead and answers it. Is it not in your eyes in comparison of it as nothing? This is pitiful. And it was nothing. compared to. Do you know how much gold and silver and brass and iron that David gathered for that temple that Solomon built? And this is pitiful. There's 45,000 poor slaves that came back from Babylon. It was pitiful. Yet now be strong, O Zerubbabel, saith the Lord, and be strong, O Joshua, son of Jozadek the high priest, and be strong, all ye people of the land, saith the Lord, and work, for I am with you, saith the Lord of hosts. According to the word that I covenanted with you when ye came out of Egypt, so my spirit remaineth among you. Fear ye not. For thus saith the Lord of hosts, yet once it is a little while, and I will shake the heavens and the earth and the sea and the dry land, and I will shake all nations, and the desire of all nations shall come. And I will fill this house with glory, saith the Lord of hosts. The silver is mine, the gold is mine, saith the Lord of hosts. The glory of this latter house shall be greater than of the former, saith the Lord of hosts. And in this place will I give peace, saith the Lord of hosts. Old men were looking back and weeping. Young people were looking forward and rejoicing. They all should have been looking forward. And that's why we have Haggai chapter 2, because God was going to give this second house, this latter house, that didn't need a Solomon, greater glory than the first temple ever had, because the desire of all nations, the Lord Jesus Christ, would grace it with His presence. Amen. The glory days. I had fainted. 
unless I had believed to see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. Christians are full of hope because the future is going to be better than the past. The future is going to be better than the present because we're going to do it God's way and God is going to bless. The world has a song about past glory days. Some of you know about a rocker out of New Jersey whose father worked 20 years in a Ford plant and he wrote a little ballad about it named Glory Days. Bruce Springsteen is his name, and I'm not going to spend much time talking about him. I can promise you that. Bruce Springsteen had a song about the glory days. You know what his glory days were? Looking back to what it was like in high school. Now that is just as sick and as ridiculous and as retarded and as foolish and as vain as can possibly be imagined. But that's what they're calling the glory days in a popular song that was spun out in the mid-1980s. Bruce Springsteen and Glory Days. I want to tell you about Glory Days, and they're in the future. Amen. They're not in the past, they're in the future. Right. If we will lay hold of the hope of the God of hope, and if we will lay hold of what we've started with already, I had fainted unless I had believed to see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. Do you believe that before you die, God can make your life better than it's ever been before? Amen. Then let's live that way. Let's believe it, and let's live that way. Look at Ecclesiastes chapter 7. And I don't want to spend much time here, and I certainly hope I don't confuse you by this verse. I have preached it before, and I don't want to deal with it at length, but I want to mention it because the Lord tells us it's not wise to look back. Ecclesiastes chapter 7 and verse 10. We don't want to look back and blame God for times being worse. You know, our bodies are going to fail, and it's called the evil days. But you know, when our bodies are failing... And they're the evil days. They can still be the glory days for our spirits. David's body failed so much that he had to have Abishag, the Shunammite, in bed with him in order to keep his body warm because his body couldn't preserve heat. But I want to tell you, David went out in glory. If you read 1 Chronicles 28, 1 Chronicles 29, and some of those sections of Scripture where David is addressing the nation, blessing God, addressing the nation, telling them how they need to help Solomon build this temple, and this temple needs to be great for the glory of God, and he's calling upon God to bless his people. You can see the man there in his wheelchair. He's got an oxygen hose at his nose. His body is failing. But his spirit isn't failing, and he's able to finish up in 2 Samuel 23, verses 1 through 5, and say, Though my house be not so with God, yet he hath made with me an everlasting covenant, ordered in all things and sure, for this is all my salvation and all my desire, although he make it not to grow. That's the way to die. That is a glory day. The new... the temple that Zerubbabel built that Herod added on to that the Lord Jesus Christ came into when he was born. Simeon took him up in his hands. He came in there. He tore the veil in half from top to bottom when he died on the cross. Those were the glory days. Forget Solomon. Forget 120,000 sheep, 22,000 oxen, fire that came down from heaven, and the glory of God that filled that first house so that the priest could not minister. There was greater glory in the second house by the presence of the Lord Jesus Christ. And if we walk with the Lord Jesus Christ like we should, our latter days can be better than our former days. And they can be the glory days if we'll do that. Lord, help us to that end. This is what I want to share with you. Oh, the, I want to tell you something off about Bruce Springsteen. My flesh likes Bruce Springsteen, rock and roll music. But I want to promise you, even though even though it's in my flesh and I can hear it and feel it, I did not listen to it a single time. Because there are certain things that you know that you cannot listen to a single time or even get near because your flesh likes it too much. 
If I was to listen even one time through that song, it would it'd affect me. So I didn't. I'm no hero. Just don't do it. Right. It's five inputs, and one of them is music. Do you know what I did instead? When I, my hardest moment of temptation, I went online and I said, "Twas with an everlasting love." Come on, who's out there going to tell me something about "Twas with an everlasting love"? So I kept going through website one, two, three, four, five. I run into Brittany Cutler. That's what I, I got, Brittany instead of Bruce. <laughs> and uh, that's what I ran into yesterday. You know, this song's been throbbing and makes me sick. High school. I homeschooled my children because I went to high school. Does that say enough? Amen. I hated high school. Okay, Lord, show us something. I've already shown you that little band. Do you know, do you know what Jerusalem... I've taught you all this. Do you know what Jerusalem looked like? It was a mound of rubble. Right. Do you know how big the weeds are after 70 years? Can you do them with a weed eater? Or do you need a chainsaw? A big chainsaw. 70 years? There they are, 45,000, hardly any money. Yes, Cyrus had helped them, but they, were, they weren't loaded with gold and silver. And the Lord says, the gold and silver is mine. Don't worry about any of that. I am going to shake all nations. I'm going to shake the heavens. I'm going to shake the dry land. I'm going to shake the sea. I'm going to turn everything upside down. And the desire of all nations is coming in here. Right. Those were the glory days, and they were still in the future. It didn't matter how big, how big and beautiful Solomon's was. It wasn't as good as what was coming. And God said it just that way. Remember David. Though his circumstances were terrible at different times in his life, I had fainted unless I had believed to see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. And he saw it. He saw Solomon, his chosen son, God's chosen son, Jedidiah, the one the Lord loved, on the throne of Israel. He gathered everything. There's one assembly that took place there in the last chapters of 1 Chronicles where all the, all the princes saw what David had done and all of a sudden the Lord put in them a giving heart and they all brought an enormous sum of their own. And so there's these piles and mountains of gold, silver, brass, and iron mounting up and David's just blessing the Lord saying, Lord, keep this kind of a spirit in the hearts of your people forever. Some of the finest words in the Bible are found in those chapters right. because David went out in a blaze of glory. He couldn't build the house, but he paid for it. And he prepared the way for it. Ecclesiastes 7, verse 10. Say not thou, what is the cause that the former days were better than these? What does God say about that question? For thou dost not inquire wisely concerning this. The only time you're supposed to do any reflection like that is not reflecting on the difference, nor reflecting on God, but reflecting on you. What have you been doing differently? Don't you blame God. Don't you blame God by saying, it was better in the past than it is now. Don't blame God. Job tried that, and it didn't work. Elihu had to come along, and how did Elihu correct Job for blaming God for the change in his life? Amen. Beautiful. God is greater than man. Job 33 and verse 12. Look at Job 29 to see Job in the midst of his reflections on what life used to be like for him. Much more could be said from Ecclesiastes 7. I know that. But it goes down to verse 18 and it says, There's one man that comes forth of them all, and that's the man that fears the Lord. He comes forth of them all. I want you to have hope. Listen, Satan wants to discourage us. 
Satan wants to bring circumstances into our life. He wants to throw fiery darts at our heart. Our, our flesh is weak. We have things happen to us and we think that it can't be as good as it used. It can be better. It should be better. Because he's the God of hope. God can do anything. God took care of... Do you know how painful it was for David to be driven out of Jerusalem by his son Absalom? Do you know how painful it was for David, the beloved king of Israel, to have been replaced by a subverter and liar named Absalom? Do you know how painful it was for him to be in the woods while Absalom is in his palace and using his women on the rooftop? Do you know how horrible that was? When Zadok the high priest brought out the Ark of the Covenant and said, we're going to take this with you because we know that you're with God and God's with you. David said, we don't need that thing in the woods. Why don't you take it back in and see if God will bring me back to it? Oh, and God brought him back to it. And Absalom was hanging in a tree after dark practice from Joab. And the Lord blessed him. This This can be true for anyone here. Never let your circumstances defeat you. There's a God that's greater than your circumstances. Amen. Job chapter 29. Here's Job, verse 1. Moreover, Job continued his parable and said, Oh, that I were as in months past, as in the days when God preserved me, when His candle shined upon my head, and when by His light I walked through darkness, as I was in the days of my youth, when the secret of God was upon my tabernacle, when the Almighty was yet with me, when my children were about me, when I washed my steps with butter and the rock poured me out rivers of oil, when I went out to the gate through the city, when I prepared my seat in the street, because he was a city councilman, the young men saw me and hid themselves, and the aged arose and stood up. The princes refrained talking and laid their hand on their mouth. The nobles held their peace and their tongue cleaved to the roof of their mouth. And so it goes on. Job's in a parable and he's describing how good it was earlier in his life. Then Elihu has to bust up this little party here and say God is greater than man. And God, listen, Job, if you don't stop your belly aching about the past, God's going to take away your life. The righteous man Job was about to lose his life. God was going to take him away. And so Elihu says, God is greater than man. He's able to do anything he wants. You've had the wrong attitude toward this. Humble yourself, Job, and things will be better. Then the Lord came along and spoke for a few chapters and said, humble yourself, Job, and things could be better. And I want to ask you in the end, when were Job's glory days? Were Job's glory days in his youth? Were Job's glory days when he was 40? 60? Or 120? At the end of his life, he had the glory days because what did God do? Doubled to him everything. Double glory days. Praise the Lord. That's what the Bible teaches us to believe. Did you know Israel once charged God by saying our parents have eaten a sour grape and our teeth are set on edge? Do you know what they meant by that? The reason that our lives aren't aren't any better than they are is because our parents weren't good and so we're reaping the consequences. And the Lord said, that parable is going to be told no more or that proverb is going to be told no more in Israel. Every man that eats a sour grape, his teeth are going to be set on edge. And eating the sour grape means sinning against God, and I'm going to kill the man that sins against me. Jeremiah 31, verses 27 through 30, and Ezekiel chapter 18 talks about this wicked proverb of the Israelites. Don't think that way. God will be merciful and faithful and bless and bountifully bless the righteous man. 
And God will punish and chasten and destroy the wicked man. And we have a choice. Brethren, to look ahead and look for the glory days. To believe the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. Of course, I'll end with heaven. Because that's the greatest glory days of all. But before we get to heaven, we can have the glory days here in this life. Our religion has the greatest hope of any religion that the world's ever seen. In any situation, in any circumstances. Do you believe it? Because I had believed to see the goodness of the Lord. We've got to believe it in order for God to bless us that way. Your legacy is not a reflection of circumstances, but how you or I respond to our circumstances. That's our legacy of righteousness. The Lord's hand is not shortened nor his ear heavy. It's sin that ruins our glory days. Don't blame God. Blame yourself. It's been said by a commentator that I looked at this past week. The past is the only dead thing that smells sweet. Because it's all a deception. It's an illusion. Your glory days can be in the future. Brethren, the righteous have afflictions, but the Bible says the Lord delivers him out of them all. Paul had the right perspective of forgetting glory days that were behind to look forward to the glory days in front of him. The older you are only means that there needs to be some greater intensity and time is of the essence for us to humble ourselves and to seek God with all of our might. The evil days are only coming physically. There have been some great saints that have died and there were, you know, that song we sing, How Sweet to Die, do you know where the words came from? The death of a primitive Baptist elder. If God didn't give us glory days until we were lying on our deathbed, but we saw the Lord Jesus Christ standing up like Stephen did, and whether we saw him with the eye of the flesh or the eye of faith, it doesn't matter at all if our faith is right, for we walk by faith, not by sight. But to know that the Lord Jesus Christ is with us and he's giving us his approval before we even leave this world and our hearts are filled with joy and thanksgiving for all he's done for us, that is glory days. That is glory days. It's a wonderful possibility. What I just described to you is a dangerous perspective of looking back and not looking forward. Seeing those men gathered around that little foundation being laid out and some are grieving and some are rejoicing. Brethren, the Lord had to come along and say, stop your grieving. I've got got plans in store for this temple that will crush the old one. I'm speaking to each of you as individuals. I'm speaking to heads of homes as families. I'm speaking to all of you for this church's sake. The glory days should be ahead. From the very beginning, God offered glory days. God told Cain, you'll bring me the right sacrifice, I'll accept you and your offering. That had been a glory day for Cain. But the Lord also said, your your brother's desire shall be to you, and you'll kill him. And Cain killed his brother. Look at Job, uh, not, not Job, Deuteronomy 28. Deuteronomy 28. I'm sorry I had you read Deuteronomy 11 last night. I'll tell you why. I had you read it because it's shorter than all the other Deuteronomy chapters that I wanted you to read. But Deuteronomy 11 still had good things in it. But watch this, what I'm about to read to you. By the way, did you, did you like the way that the Lord made fun of having a, a garden or a field in Egypt when he said you watered it with your foot? You know, you were... You were padding a little bit of water, a little bit of water over on, he said it was like having an herb garden. Do you know how big an herb garden is? You know, it's, it's six foot by six foot. And he said, you're trying to water with your foot. Did you see that? But he said, I'm going to take you into a land that has hills and valleys and I'm going to rain the water of heaven down upon it. 
and you're going you're gonna to have grass for your cattle to feed on, you're going to have a land flowing with milk and honey, and you're going to be full. It was a wonderful promise. The glory days. Was that better than being a slave in Egypt? Those were the glory days that were coming. But what were the glory days dependent upon? Only take heed that you remember all these statutes and judgments and the laws that I have given to you and keep them. The glory days is doing things God's way from God's Word. Deuteronomy 28 is one of those wonderful chapters that is full of ifs. And Leviticus chapter 26 is one and Deuteronomy 11 is one. There's lots, there's, there's ifs. Leviticus 26 has, I think, ten of them. There's a few here. I'm going to read the first few verses to you. It's a long reading. Follow along with me. And the point I'm giving you right now is God's description of glory days for the nation of Israel, His church of the Old Testament. Beginning at verse one. And it shall come to pass if, if, Thou shalt hearken diligently unto the voice of the Lord thy God to observe and to do all His commandments, which I command thee this day, that the Lord thy God will set thee on high above all nations of the earth. Is that a glory day? Wow! And all these blessings shall come on thee and overtake thee if thou shalt hearken unto the voice of the Lord thy God. Blessed shalt thou be in the city, and blessed shalt thou be in the field. Blessed shall be the fruit of thy body, and the fruit of thy ground, and the fruit of thy cattle, the increase of thy kind, and the flocks of thy sheep. Blessed shall be thy basket and thy store. Blessed shalt thou be when thou comest in, and blessed shalt thou be when thou goest out. The Lord shall cause thine enemies that rise up against thee to be smitten before thy face. They shall come out against thee one way, and flee before thee seven ways. The Lord shall command the blessing upon thee in thy storehouses. And in all that thou settest thine hand unto, and he shall bless thee in the land which the Lord thy God giveth thee. The Lord shall establish thee in holy people unto himself, as he hath sworn unto thee, if thou shalt keep the commandments of the Lord thy God, and walk in his ways. And all people of the earth shall see that thou art called by the name of the Lord, and they shall be afraid of thee. And the Lord shall make thee plenteous in goods, in the fruit of thy body, and in the fruit of thy cattle, and in the fruit of thy ground, in the land which the Lord swear unto thy fathers to give thee. The Lord shall open unto thee his good treasure, the heaven, to give the rain unto thy land in his season, and to bless all the work of thine hand. And thou shalt lend unto many nations, and thou shalt not borrow. And the Lord shall make thee the head, and not the tail. And thou shalt be above only, and thou shalt not be beneath. If that thou hearken unto the commandments of the Lord thy God, which I command thee this day to observe and to do them, and thou shalt not go aside from any of the words which I command thee this day, to the right hand or to the left, to go after other gods to serve them. Then the rest of this chapter is if you don't obey, I am going to tear you to shreds. And he uses 54 verses to describe it in graphic detail. These are the last words of Moses. Moses is moments, minutes away from being told by God, get up there in Mount Nebo and die. Because you're not going over the Jordan River. These are his last words. These are the glory days. But you know what he had to tell Do you know what is so sad? What he had to tell Moses before Moses got to die. He told Moses, as soon as you die, and these people go in and possess the land, they're going to depart from the living God and follow idols. 
Can you? This is a man that spent 40 years wandering around in the wilderness watching all the disobedient ones die. When you die, after all you've done for them and after all I'm going to do for them through Joshua, when they take the land, they're going to turn away from me and serve other gods. He got to die with that in his conscience, knowing that that's what the Lord was going to do. But these are the glory days. Brethren, if, then, if, then, your choice, if, then. Do it God's way and have the glory days in front of you. Don't do it God's way and have the glory days behind you. Maybe it's high school. Oh, please. I hope we can do better than that. This is the word of the Lord to us. There's so many places in the Bible that where God told them that they would repent, they could mark their calendars from that day forward that it would be the glory days. Remember in Haggai chapter 2, go ahead and mark your calendars. There's no seed yet put in the ground. You have no idea what kind of a harvest there's going to be, but mark your calendar that this day you laid the foundation for the house of the Lord and I will bless you. Though there's no evidence of a blessing yet, I will bless you. Bring your tithes and offerings into my storehouse and see if I don't open the windows of heaven and pour you out a blessing that you cannot receive. I will rebuke the devourer for your sakes. Every single one of you, the glory days can be in the future. The glory days should be in the future because God is able to bless us and walk with us and grant us his spirit increment by increment by increment until we are filled with all the fullness of God. It's a wonderful possibility. You know, in Psalm 42, here's how David dealt with it in another psalm. David had many days of discouragement, but here's how he would encourage himself in the Lord as it is described in one of the historical accounts. Psalm 42, verse 4. He's looking back at the glory days. When I remember these things, he's asking himself, My soul, why art thou cast down, O my soul? Psalm 42, verse 4, When I remember these things, I pour out my soul in me. For I had gone with the multitude. I went with them to the house of God with a voice of joy and praise, with a multitude that kept holy day. Why art thou cast down, O my soul? I don't feel like that anymore. Those were the good old days. Those were the glory days. When we had fantastic worship services. David is saying, But look at verse 5. Why art thou cast down, O my soul, and why art thou disquieted in me? Hope thou in God. For I shall yet praise him for the help of his countenance. And he says that in verse 5. He says that in verse 11. And he says that in verse 5 of chapter 43. So three times in a row he explains the cure. Hope thou in God, who shall yet smile his countenance upon you. Look at Psalm 19.11. Psalm 19.11. Speaking of the word of God. Moreover, by them is thy servant warned, and in keeping of them there is great reward, or glory days coming for keeping the words of the Lord in Psalm 19.11. Look at Proverbs chapter 3. How many verses in Proverbs could we turn to about the blessings of God upon the righteous, honor, riches, life, long life. But let's just go to Proverbs chapter 3 and see what it says there about glory days in your future. It says in Proverbs 3.16, Length of days is in her right hand, and in her left hand riches and honor. Her ways are ways of pleasantness, and all her paths are peace. She is a tree of life to them that lay hold upon her, and happy is every one that retaineth her. Can we run back through those three verses and see if we can pull out a few descriptive words? Long life in verse 16. Riches and honor. 
pleasantness, peace, life, and happiness. How? By embracing wisdom. What is wisdom? What the Word of God teaches. Lord, help us. Lot and Abraham had glory days. Past and future. Whose glory days were past? Lot's. When he sat on the city council of Sodom and Gomorrah. Whose glory days were future? Abraham. He increased in riches and honor throughout his life until the end of his life. The examples in the Bible. Joseph would not disobey God. From prison, he had glory days on the throne of Egypt. Which was an incredible reversal of fortune and turned great evil by his brothers into great good. Who would have thought it? Who would have seen it? Who would have believed it? I had fainted. I would suppose that Joseph probably thought about fainting, being in prison for as long as he was, and that butler going up there and forgetting all about him. I had fainted unless I had believed to see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. Will you all believe in the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living with me? There's nothing too hard for the Lord. There's no sin too big. There's no circumstances too difficult. Lord, help us. Help us to believe. Give us faith. Show us these glory days. Look at Zephaniah 3. I, you know, our time is limited, but if you can find Zephaniah, it's right in front of Haggai where we were moments ago. In Zephaniah chapter 3, let me share a few verses with you. God gave so many promises of glory days if Israel would repent. And Isaiah and Jeremiah and Ezekiel and the minor prophets are, have these promises of God's glory days for Israel. If they would repent, He would regather them from every country in which they had been driven. He would bring them back together. He would make the desert bloom like a rose. Here's a, here's a few that I want to share with you. Ending the, uh, the little minor prophet of Zephaniah 3, chapter 3, beginning at verse 14. Listen to this positive outlook. Sing! O daughter of Zion, shout, O Israel. Be glad and rejoice with all the heart, O daughter of Jerusalem. The Lord hath taken away thy judgments. He hath cast out thine enemy. The King of Israel, even the Lord, is in the midst of thee. Thou shalt not see evil any more. In that day it shall be said to Jerusalem, Fear thou not. And to Zion, let not thine hands be slack. The Lord thy God in the midst of thee is mighty. He will save thee. He will rejoice over thee with joy. He will rest in his love. He will joy over thee with singing. I will gather them that are sorrowful for the solemn assembly who are of thee, to whom the reproach of it was a burden. Behold, at that time I will undo all that afflict thee, and I will save her that halteth, and gather her that was driven out. And I will get them praise and fame in every land where they have been put to shame. Is that a reversal of fortune? I will get them praise and fame in every land where they have been put to shame. At that time will I bring you again, even in the time that I gather you, for I will make you a name and a praise among all people of the earth when I turn back your captivity before your eyes, saith the Lord. Now those are glory days. You know some of these stories so well that we should just keep remembering them. Manasseh was in prison 
in Babylon, and he was the worst king Judah ever had. He had set up pagan altars in the temple of the Lord, and he had burned his children in sacrifice to idols, but he humbled himself greatly while he was in prison. The Lord put him back on the throne of Jerusalem. Amen. When were his glory days? At the end of his life. David the sinner advanced from a penitent to a prophet and the financier of the temple. His glory days. God blessed Peter the betrayer to advance from weeping loser to leading apostle. When were Peter's glory days? At the end of his life. God gives glory to those that diligently obey his word. You've seen that. God gives glory to those persons who greatly delight in his cause and his kingdom. Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things shall be added unto you. That sounds pretty glorious. Delight thyself false in the Lord and he'll give you the desires of your heart. Psalm 37, 4. Jacob rose from his stony griefs promising to pay a tithe. When he returned, what did he have? Two bands. He was so large, he had to split his bands. Hannah gave her son to God. Is that pretty serious about God's kingdom? If you'll give me a son, I'll lend him to the Lord for his whole life. So she committed herself. Lord, if you'll give me a son, I'll give him to the Lord. When were her glory days? At the birth of Samuel? Or did she get three more sons, two more daughters, and Samuel ruled Israel? And where did he choose to rule from? Where she lived. Praise the Lord. Amen. Those were glory days for Hannah. But was was there some trials in her life? Was she barren? Did she go to the fertility experts and could get no help? Was she barren? She had another wife that, that provoked her regularly. She had serious circumstances wrong in her life. It seemed it was out of her control. She committed to give the firstborn son that God would give her to the Lord. And she was blessed abundantly. David happened upon Goliath and did what any man could have done for great glory for himself. It is most one of the most ridiculous, shaming events in the Bible when that whole army stood there for 40 days and listened to Goliath come out and blaspheme. And any man could have had glory days. But no one wanted to take a real stand for the Lord. Any man could have run toward Goliath and done it in the name of the Lord and said, I'm going to take your head off, you blaspheming uncircumcised Philistine, and God would have blessed any man by faith. David happened upon the scene, though. The Lord gave him the opportunity. And what were his words when he saw the opportunity? Is there not a cause? And so he had glory days, pulled out of his sheepfold, keeping sheep to the throne of Israel. Daniel chose in his heart to honor God, and he rose from eunuch to first president. When were the glory days? When he was back in school in the fast track program, when he was a young man in Israel, learning science and knowledge? No. When he was exalted to the right hand of Nebuchadnezzar, Belshazzar, Darius, Cyrus. God blessed Esther to advance from a lonely orphan to queen of the Persian Empire because she put her life at risk. Because she believed her uncle who said, How do you know that you're not in your position of influence right now for this? You go in and speak to the King Ahasuerus on behalf of our people. You willing to take risks? 
Are you willing to do it God's way no matter what the cost? There's glory days. There's glory days for little orphan girls, for little barren women, for sinful men, for forgotten men like Joseph and sinful men like David and Peter. There's glory days. Jesus chose to do whatever God told him to do. When were his glory days? At the right hand of God, crowned with glory and honor. You read Hebrews chapter 1 and Hebrews chapter 2. Somebody was provoking me with that this morning. Hebrews chapter 1 and Hebrews chapter 2. For the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despised the shame, and is set down where? The right hand of the majesty on high. When are Jesus Christ's glory days? Did he have some bad days between 0 and 30? Did his brothers not believe on him? Did his sisters not believe on him? Did, did his own nation reject him? Did his own nation falsely accuse him and try him and put him to death? Did he get glory days from the Lord? Are we supposed to follow that example? In Hebrews chapter 12, does it say that we have a great cloud of witnesses? And then it says, looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set, the what before him? The joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and has his glory days. When were John Mark's glory days? The first time he went out with Paul and Barnabas? No. When he heard an epistle read in a New Testament church that was going to be part of the canon of Scripture that said, bring John with you, bring Mark with you. I have need of him. He's profitable for the ministry. <laughs> That's a glory day. To be, the, to be the one chosen by Paul, to be with him when he goes before Nero the second time and gets his head cut off, that's a glory day, even though he was John Mark. Those who give up things for his kingdom here get a hundredfold more now and eternal life in the world to come. Is that the word of God? Amen. Is a hundredfold more than what you have a glory day? I love the Bible. I had fainted. unless I had believed to see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. Oh, brethren, there's so much more that I could say to you, and I don't want to confuse you by too many verses, which is sometimes happens. Believing the gospel. When we believe the gospel, the glory of Jesus Christ is added to us. Second Thessalonians chapter 2 and verse 14. Whereunto he called you by our gospel to the obtaining of the glory of of the Lord Jesus Christ. What is the glory of the Lord Jesus Christ? This is my beloved Son. How do we obtain that glory? By hearing the gospel and believing it and being baptized, we show that we are the children of God, joint heirs with Christ, and His glory is put upon us. We are brethren of the Lord Jesus Christ. That is a glory day. When we hear and believe the gospel. You know, the Apostle Paul would say to the Thessalonians that they were his glory. Just seeing a church obeying the truth was his joy and his glory. To see a person converted and doing what is right in their life is a glory. How can we even compare it to anything else that we can achieve financially, mentally, intellectually, or any other way? Paul was so wrapped up in this that he could say, in 2 Corinthians chapter 12 and verse 9, that if God's strength is made perfect in weakness, then he would say this, Most gladly, therefore, will I rather glory in my infirmities that the power of Christ may rest upon me. 
bring on the infirmities because Jesus Christ will give me the strength to endure them and to endure them cheerfully. So much can be said. Our religion has the greatest hope for anyone in any situation. Believe it. Seize the moment today. Seize it today. Seek to end your life well like I preached to you last Sunday and build toward coming glory days. We can surpass everything we've had as a church. You can surpass everything you've had as a family. It's just your unbelief that's holding you back. You can surpass anything you've ever had personally. If you will seek and pursue the Lord and take heed to His commandments, His statutes, and His judgments to do them, to delight in Him, He will give you the desires of your heart. The lesson is for all of you. You know, now let's finish on this note. It's going to take me a few verses, but go with me quickly. Let's finish. There's glory days coming that are not in the land of the living. And they're greater than the glory days of the land of the living. Look at Romans chapter 8. Oh, yes. It is win, win to do it God's way. Glory days now, glory days then. Romans chapter 8, verse 17. And if children, then heirs. Heirs of God and joint heirs with Christ. If so be that we suffer with Him, that we may be also glorified together with Him. I added the with Him. Verse 18, For I reckon that the sufferings of this present time are not worthy to be compared with the glory which shall be revealed in us. For the earnest expectation of the creature waiteth for the manifestation of the sons of God. The greatest event in the history of the universe will be God owning us as His children and declaring how our sins were paid for by His Son. This is the manifestation of the sons of God to the universe. There's no angel involved in the sons of God. It's you and it's me. These are coming glory days. These are the things that we ought to comfort each other with. Along with glory days be in the land of the living. Look at 1 Peter chapter 5. 1 Peter is just full of it. 1 Peter. Let's start at chapter 1. 1 Peter chapter 1 and verse 8. Whom having not seen... You haven't seen the Lord Jesus Christ yet. Whom having not seen, ye love. In whom, though now ye see Him not, yet believing, ye rejoice with joy unspeakable and full of glory. Even before we get to heaven, if we truly believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and see Him like I preached Him this morning and we think about Him, we can rejoice with joy unspeakable. Joy that's beyond being able to be articulated and full of glory. 1 Peter 1.8 Look at chapter 5 and verse 1. The elders which are among you I exhort, who am also an elder and a witness of the sufferings of Christ, and also a partaker of the glory that shall be revealed. Glory days through the Lord Jesus Christ, present in the gospel, coming at the coming of Christ. Verse 4, And when the chief shepherd shall appear, ye shall receive a crown of glory that fadeth not away. Verse 10, But the God of all grace, who hath called us unto His eternal glory by Christ Jesus, after that ye have suffered a while, make you perfect, establish, strengthen, settle you. We're going to be glorified, brethren. I hath not seen nor ear heard, neither have entered into the heart of man the things which God hath prepared for them that love Him. Does that sound like glory days? 
You can't, you can't imagine it. You've never seen it. You've never heard about it. It's just beyond anything that humans have ever imagined or described. We're going to get those things. God has them in store for us, reserved and promised to us by the guarantor of the Lord Jesus Christ. Circumstances come into all of our lives. Chastening comes into all of our lives. We heard Psalm 34. We saw in that last verse, Lord, renew my strength and give me something before I go away and I'm no more in this world. And God did to David. God did to David. David had so many, David had sins of this kind and that kind. He had so many family problems, but all of his whole focus was on the Lord. He dealt with each one, one at a time, and loved to build that temple for the Lord. And the Lord did give him glory days at the end of his life. David's the one that wrote. David's the one I've quoted so many times. I had fainted unless I had believed to see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. Our great Heavenly Father is the God of all hope. Can you lay hold of that hope? Can you believe that today? It's the Word of God. It effectually works in you that believe. Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word of God. Bruce Springsteen. High school was his glory days. One of the verses refers to his father who worked, I believe it was 20 years, in a Ford plant in New Jersey. And he said, my dad didn't even get any glory days. Because he worked all the time. It was just pitiful. Now forget that guy. I prom- I give you the Lord Jehovah Amen. and the Lord Jesus Christ. Yes. No matter what your circumstances are, no matter what chastening, no matter what trials and temptations, no matter what discouragement, no matter what errors you've made in the past, no matter what errors I've made in the past and what consequences there are for them, if we will choose to put the Lord first and to put His Word first and to respond properly to our circumstances, glory days are ahead. Right. All by the grace of Almighty God through the mercy of our Lord Jesus Christ. And amen.